Welcome everyone to the Score Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host Justin Boone, the lead fantasy analyst at the Score, and we are back for basically part two of what's normally a longer Monday show. But we had so many injuries to go over that I just decided to split it up into two episodes. So if you haven't already, go back listen to yesterday's show where I covered just a ton of players who got hurt in Week 13 and what that could mean for your fantasy roster moving forward. Today we're going to go over more of the fun stuff. We're going to talk about all the top waiver ads heading into Week 14, and we're going to have to have the fantasy playoffs in mind, too, because we are just a week away from that kicking off. So let's start with quarterbacks here, and we have a couple guys who are over the 50% roster cutoff, but who I think deserve mention, and one is Matthew Stafford. And he's playing very, very well right now. He's got seven touchdowns over his last two games, had his two best fantasy finishes of the season in those contests. And we know the deal with Stafford, right? He either needs a huge yardage total or needs a bunch of touchdowns because he's just not offering you anything with his legs. And that makes it tougher for him to come through on a regular basis. But he did deliver last week against that tough Browns defense. And now he gets the Ravens this week, another tough matchup there. So ideally... You wouldn't want to play him this week, but then in week 15, that first week of the fantasy playoffs, he gets the commanders and that is the best matchup for fantasy quarterbacks. So Stafford's somebody that is definitely worth grabbing for that one. Another guy who's above the 50% cutoff, that's Baker Mayfield. And he's more of a streamer for this week. He gets the Falcons who are giving up the sixth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. So Baker could be someone that you look to in that game. After that, I'm going back to the well with Gardner Minshew. It's a second straight week where he's the guy who's featured in the waiver wire column. He came through as a QB one for us last week, 300. 12 yards, had two scores against the Titans. Now he gets the Bengals, who are really just a middle-of-the-pack pass defense, and they're going to be playing on a short week after you know they gave up over 300 passing yards and two passing touchdowns to the Jags on Monday night. Plus, another reason why I like Minshew is because the Colts have that up-tempo style, right? So normally that leads to more opportunities for everybody in the offense. Other than Minshew, I mean, you could look to Jameis Winston if Derek Carr can't go. Carr's in concussion protocol. He also might be dealing with a back injury. Seems like we're going to see Jameis this week at home against the Panthers. And Carolina, they've gotten back some reinforcements lately, so it's not the easiest matchup, but Jameis always a streaming option when he's starting because we know he's not afraid to attack defenses no matter who's on the other side of the ball. And that's a very good thing for the pass catchers in New Orleans. Hopefully it's also a good thing for Jameis, who's going to be a mid to low end QB2 in my rankings. Tough one to decipher here for the Vikings. So Josh Dobbs, he would certainly be an option for fantasy. You know, he's taken on the Raiders. If he was starting, we don't know for sure that he is going to be the guy this week because before the bye, Kevin O'Connell made some comments kind of suggesting that they were going to look at the other quarterbacks and that maybe Nick Mullins could be the one who gets the start. We haven't gotten word on that yet, but if Dobbs does start this week, he could be a streamer for you. We know what he brings, the rushing ability, and should get back Justin Jefferson this week as well, but it's all going to come down to who's actually getting the nod there in the Vikings offense. Then it starts to get even more dangerous. You're looking at guys like Joe Flacco against that soft Jags pass defense. I talked about Flacco a bunch yesterday. We don't need to go into it too much. He looked pretty decent running that offense in his first start with the Browns, finishes the QB 13 on the week, so you could do a lot worse than Flacco as your fantasy stream. 
streamer. Jake Browning last night, I mean, an impressive showing on Monday Night Football. He takes on the Colts in week 14, all the weapons that they have in that pass offense. Maybe he can continue to get it done, though I'm a little bit doubtful that he's going to keep this up, but we'll see. We'll see. He's certainly somebody you can consider. A Desmond Ritter, he gets the Bucks pass funnel defense. He could be an option, and we might even see Tyrod Taylor back this week, and Tyrod always deserves to be in the streamer conversation. So not the best options after Minshew. They all have some risk, but plenty to pick from here going into the final week of the fantasy regular season. We'll keep moving along. We'll go to running backs next, and lots of guys to consider consider here who are above that 50% rostered mark. Keaton Mitchell, who has double-digit fantasy points in three of his last four games. He's also coming off a bye week, so might be a post-bye rookie bump for him. Antonio Gibson, he's heading into his bye week, but Brian Robinson, he suffered that hamstring injury over the weekend, so Gibson could get the start if Robinson isn't ready in week 15. I just wouldn't let Gibson hang out there on the waiver wire. If he's still out there in your league, you gotta pick him up. And then Tyler Algier, I mean, He's one of the better upside backups that you could get. He also has some flex value in good matchups, but with Bijan Robinson's workloads rising and the Falcons having a great fantasy playoff schedule, all it would take is Bijan getting hurt this week and Algier could be a league winner there. So he's somebody that I think needs to be added. Now for the guys who are available in most leagues, we have Roshan Johnson and he was on buying week 13. So he's a little out of mind at the moment, but we talked about him last week because he saw his highest snap share of the year before that buy took the field on 74% of the bears plays. He put up 75 scrimmage yards and five receptions would have been nice to see him find the end zone, but he makes up for it with that pass catching role. And he's really handled that pass catching role for a while now in that backfield. And the fact that the coaching staff is getting him more involved as a runner, that's really exciting for his fantasy value because you pair that to the pass catching role that he has. And that's really interesting. And he's another guy who we hope could be getting this post by rookie bump. The only problem is his schedule. It's going to put him up against it. He's got three of the worst matchups for fantasy backs over the next four weeks. He gets the Lions, the Browns, and the Falcons. But Roshan, a potential low-end RB2 if he can keep up this volume increase that he got in Week 12. We also have Ezekiel Elliott, and he's been somebody that I've mentioned a few times recently as an upside backup, and it was for this very scenario. Ramondre Stevenson, he is going to miss a few weeks at least with a high ankle sprain, so this is Zeke's backfield now, and as weird as it sounds to recommend a Patriots player just based on how bad this offense has been, the running backs have been the ones producing thanks to the volume, and normally it's Ramondre, but in the three games where Zeke got at least 15 touches this year, he has yardage totals of 87, 87, and then 92, and that 92-yard day came in the loss to the Chargers on Sunday. So the ceiling might not be the highest because I don't project a lot of scoring opportunities for that offense, but Zeke is going to be a top 20 fantasy back just based on the volume. As long as Ramondre's out, he is going to have that opportunity. Sorting through the rest of the backs here, I mean, you got to make sure that the high upside guys like Tajay Spears and Elijah Mitchell and Rico Dowdle and Dearness Johnson, those guys need to be rostered. And Spears almost got his shot. Let that serve as a reminder. But turns out Derrick Henry avoided the concussion protocol. He's healthy still. 
Spears is uh, just a star in the waiting if Henry were to miss time. A couple injury situations that we have to monitor here too. DeAndre Swift, he might have just got the wind knocked out of him, but he took a big shot late in that game and we haven't heard an update yet. So worth stashing Kenneth Gainwell just in case. Same goes for DJ Dallas on the Seahawks. Kenneth Walker didn't really seem close to returning last week. And then Zach Charbonnet left with a knee injury on Thursday. So DJ Dallas, who is just 1% rostered, He could be stashed this week just in case he gets the start. And I will say the Seahawks play the 49ers and the Eagles the next two weeks. So Dallas would just be more of an RB3 flex, even if those other guys were out. I'll also mention Chase Brown on the Bengals and Zach Taylor. He said before this game that they wanted to get Brown more involved this week. He was not lying at all. He only played 11 snaps to Joe Mixon's 52. That's according to our friends at Pro Football Focus. But Brown, nine carries on those 11 snaps and he turned it into 61 yards. So Brown is an intriguing flex option, still on the risky side based on the limited snaps, but somebody who could sneak into your lineup if you need help at RB2 or at the flex spot. There's lots of deep stashes too, like Leonard Fournette and Kendra Miller and Zamir White, guys who might need an injury or two, but who could get a really big opportunity if that happens. But you can see all those when you check the column. We're going to jump to receivers next. And the Christian Watson injury, it makes guys like Jaden Reed and Romeo Dobbs and the Packers, they are must-ads now. Unfortunately, they are just above that 50% rostered mark, so they might not be available in your league. Jackson Smith and Jigba, he's also above 50%, but he's coming on lately. He's poised for a really strong finish to his rookie campaign. Just posted season highs and targets with 11 and catches with 7 in last week's game. And don't worry, if those guys are already rostered, there are actually quite a few quality receiver options that you could look to this week. The first is Noah Brown, and fantasy managers, you know him well. He had that wild three-game stretch from week 8 to week 10. He put up 16 catches, 382 yards, and a touchdown during that span had two games over 150 yards just massive production and he's been hurt but he finally got back last week didn't do much in that game but now you have Tank Dell out for the season Brown is the favorite to take over the number two role behind Nico Collins and as long as he's healthy and as long as CJ Stroud remains healthy that's very important too Brown has a chance to be a fantasy starter again as a wide receiver three with quite a bit of upside week to week. So I like him as a pickup. I also like Elijah Moore on the Browns. Amari Cooper, he left last week's game with a concussion. Moore took advantage, has his former Jets teammate Joe Flacco at quarterback. Moore led the team with 12 targets at twice as many as anybody else on the Browns in that game. And he put up 83 yards on four catches. So not a great catch rate there, but It shows there's a lot of meat on the bone, and if Cooper's out and if Flacco starts again, which I imagine that he will, Moore will be a wide receiver three flex option this week. And even when Cooper returns, if Flacco stays under center, Moore's going to have flex value the rest of the way. Some other flex options, Odell Beckham Jr., he's in a revenge game with the Rams. Curtis Samuel, you're going to have to wait a week for him because he's on bye now, but he continuously produces whenever he's healthy. We'll also be watching some injury updates on Demario Douglas and Josh Palmer and Rashid Shahid. All those guys have flex value once they're healthy. And even deeper down, I mean, rookies like Jalen Hyatt and Jonathan Mingo, they're coming off their best games as pros. 
I think they're worth grabbing to see if they could build off that and finish strong. Khalil Herbert on the Bills. He's been a solid producer lately. Zay Jones, Parker Washington for the Jaguars. If Christian Kirk's injury keeps him on the sidelines this week, you could look to those guys as flex options. And then even deeper down, I mean, Jamison Williams on the Lions, Dontavian Wicks on the Packers. They could be upside flex options. Wicks, I mentioned on yesterday's show, he could be somebody who really steps up with Christian Watson hurt. Wicks was already getting it done as the fourth receiver. Now he's going to get a bump up into that number three role. And we could go even deeper. I mean, there's a bunch that I've listed here, but I'll let you go over those names in the waiver wire column. We're going to hit on tight ends next. And I guess Isaiah likely didn't impress fantasy managers enough in that first game without Mark Andrews because he dropped down to 35% rostered over his bye week. And yes, he didn't have a monster game, but... He led the team in receiving with 40 yards on four catches, and he ran a route on 83% of Lamar Jackson's dropbacks and really handled most of Andrew's duties aside from some blocking. And fantasy-wise, we're not that worried about the blocking. So now likely comes off the bye. He should be even more prepared. And he gets a Rams defense that's one of the five easiest opponents for fantasy tight ends this year. So likely, to me, remains a top 12 fantasy tight end in Week 14 and beyond. Some other guys you can consider at tight end. I mean, Zach Ertz, he's a free agent now. He's expected to sign with a contender this week, and he probably fits better as a number two tight end at this point in his career. So he might not have a ton of fantasy relevance, but if you need help with the position, you could stash him and wait to see where he lands. And if you get lucky and he lands somewhere where he can be the starter, he could potentially, based on volume, get back up into the tight end one conversation. If you're just looking for pure streamers, Gerald Everett has kind of emerged as the number two pass catcher for the Chargers, just thanks to all the injuries there. So he's a streamer against the Broncos. Kate Otten, he had a quiet game last week, but he's been productive more often than not lately. He gets the Falcons this week. Tucker Craft, he's probably going to start for the Packers the rest of the way. They kind of suggested that Luke Musgrave might not return this year. So Craft is in the streamer mix as well. And Brevin Jordan, he's going to be a streamer as long as Dalton Schultz is out. And I'm not expecting Schultz to be back this week. Jordan went three for 64 on Sunday, so he's a high-end tight end two streamer until Schultz returns. And then for defenses, the Colts defense, they've been on a heck of a run lately, double-digit fantasy points in each of their last four games, highest scoring fantasy defense on a per-game basis over the last five weeks, and that's by far, it's like five points more per game than the next closest team. And I know Jake Browning, he scored some points on that Jags pass defense on Monday night, but now it's a short week for the Bengals. I expect that this opportunistic Colts defense is going to show well again, so you could look to them, and they have great matchups in the fantasy playoffs as well, so I think they're a very smart one to pick up. The Saints, they get Bryce Young and the Panthers, which is just an automatic start for fantasy defenses. Lots of sacks and turnovers for Carolina this year. The Texans, they get whoever the Jets are going to trot out there at quarterback this week. It really doesn't matter who it is. That's going to be a good matchup for the Texans defense. The Packers, they will be in play. It's a little less exciting if Tyrod Taylor is activated and if he starts, but if he doesn't, then definitely you can go with the Packers against Tommy DeVito. The Lions, they should do well versus the Bears. Justin Fields, he can score some points, but he also takes a lot of sacks. And then the Patriots, their defense is not the problem. I mean, they lost 6-0 last week. It's their offense that can't score, but they get to face Mitch Trubisky this time out. So New England's defense, certainly an option. But that is all for today's show. So you can go read my full Week 14 waiver wire column over on The Score. I'll have the first edition of the Week 14 rankings up on Tuesday, likely late in the afternoon probably. 
And then I'll be back Wednesday with another episode and we'll have a guest on for that one. But until then, big thanks for downloading and subscribing. Big thanks to all of you for listening. And we will see you next time. Said leave on time, my baby said leave on time. Leave on time with me.